Hey, Steve, let's hey. record some Ultra 64. Here, hey, I pulled up your chair right to the mic. Why don't you have a seat oh, down why? on your chair? Why, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you little mischief maker. That's right. We played Mischief Makers this week. You, you, you got the bit. I got um, the bit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ultra 64, the only comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast on the internet where we are making all kinds of mischief, dropping banana peels, slamming people's heads in doors. Ooh, I, um, I dipped my wife's uh, pigtails in the inkwell. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I, um, I recently put your dog in a cement mixer. Mm-hmm, you, yeah. we, we've taken the mischief far too it's far it's maybe gotten too far yeah. yeah yeah um so we're gonna dial it back and talk about this real treasure of a game my name is woody siskowski my name is vigorous ball shaker steve gunley <laughs> there you got to put in your ball i got the joke. ball anyway. shake i got it in I got um it in. and we have a special guest um we he's been on a couple times before but it's been a while um hello special guest Hello, this is Neil Crow, the Raven Epsilon. <laughs> the Raven Epsilon? I don't even remember that part. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are talking about the game Mischief Makers, which is sort of a, I don't know, slightly obscure game in the N64 catalog. I would say cult favorite. Cult favorite, yeah, yeah cult it's right, favorite. right up there yeah, with Mystical Ninja. Yeah, go ahead, Neil. Yeah, definitely like the go- the hidden golden gem of the Nintendo 64. Whoa, wow, okay. big, big claims okay, big coming words. right out of the gate. This is kind of what I've been hearing from people like for a while. Like lots of people have asked, when are you going to do Mischief Makers? When are you going to do Mischief Makers? All this stuff. Uh, and the answer is, first of all, now. <laughs> we did it. Um, but secondly, I think I'm going to come in with some hot takes right off the bat on this one. Uh, I, I know this game's reputation. I was not crazy about it. I, I found That's it fair. I found it very frustrating and very annoying. <laughs> I had a difficult time uh, acclimating myself to all the weirdness. But... And yeah, what I will say about this game is I do think that this game starts very badly. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that yeah. it gets better as you play on. Um, but yeah, Neil, tell us about um, your memories of this game, like when you first played it and how you developed such a shining opinion of it. Well, it started like when, when I rented it years ago, I eventually got the game, the game myself. But I think what the, one of the things that drew me into it is even though... This this was an era when lots of games had to go like 3D because it was the new thing. This was a game that went the other way and just continued to do like 2D, but 2D done very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was. It's very interesting to see like a straight up 2D platformer in the N64. Almost yeah, never happens. Outside I think the of, last one was Goemon's Great Adventure. Goemon's Great Adventure. I think we have Tarzan, and I think we have Yoshi's Story. I think those Tarzan kind of did qualify. a weird thing where it really sort of played into the 3D elements of yeah. like you, some branches went towards the screen, and there'd be little like tree surfing things that sort of went yeah. to and from the background. This and game is. This game has a couple of little yeah. effects like that. Like sometimes a, a fireball wrap around a pillar or something like that. So there's. there's yeah. I mean, you're almost slight, totally like, on a 2D plane. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything here that you couldn't really pull off on a Super NES. Maybe not the polygonal sprites, but you could pull mm. off this yeah. exact game on the Super NES. Yeah, I yeah, agree. But there's, yeah, but a great thing was like 
all like the the bright colors and the great backgrounds. It was like it really made it stand out. It wasn't like really muddy or anything. That's like true. Played, you know, a lot of games. That's yeah. a good point. I think that this era of games in general, a muddy is a very good descriptor. Like to go back and play some of the darker 3D games, like yes. Duke Nukem's or something. You're just Our what am I looking edges, at? Chopper yeah, attacks. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, let's go some of the generalities yeah. out of the way here. Let's dig into this. So Mischief Makers was released October 1st, 1997, developed by Treasure and published by Nintendo. NX in Japan, and it is an N64 exclusive. Uh, so the very exciting thing to talk about here is Treasure. I think Treasure Treasure is like a very, very specific like dog whistle to a lot of gamers. Yeah. Like uh, you're, you're really going to love Treasure games in particular, and uh, I think that's becoming less true as time goes on, and they've kind of yeah, let their profile lapse a little well, bit. But if you're around to, the my whole age, company has seemed to lapse in some way. Like I think their last game came out like three years ago. Yeah, they just oh. kind of are reskinning a lot of older stuff. That's too. kind of a lot of what they're doing. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about this company. So Treasure was founded in Tokyo in 1992. They butted off of Konami, where they were originally known as Star Team, and they were tasked with adapting ports of popular beat-em-up games like Double Dragon. But they were also responsible for some amazing standout titles, including one of my very favorite NES games I've talked about on the show before, Bucky O'Hare. Which That's I a think treasure is, game? It's, technically, it's a Star Team game, but oh. the people who would go on to, be, to form Treasure made uh, Bucky O'Hare. Cool. Which is an exceptional game, which you should track down. Uh, so they came out of the gate very strong. Their first game as an independent company was Gunstar Heroes mm -hmm. for the Sega Genesis. And oh, yeah. maybe their masterpiece. Arguably too. the best game on Sega Genesis. Arguably, yeah. It's it's I mean, I think that that set the template for what like a treasure game is in a lot of people's right. heads. It's like very it's rapid fire. It Sometimes pushes it pushes a system to its limits. Yeah. It's sort of ball ball bustingly adrenaline filled. Like yeah. it just, that Gunstar Heroes there's a section where you drive through a minecart and like the speed at which the game moves is crazy. It's insane. It's and, blast well, processing yeah. if I've ever <laughs> seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like yeah, they're I mean big like bosses that like cling to the ceiling and then drop to the ground. They're chasing you while you're shooting yeah. them. Yeah, I remember that that boss fight. He's like a guy with a weapon that lets him take on seven different forms. Yes, one of the all-time great bosses. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's one of the great strengths of Treasure is making these like sprites and characters made actually made of multiple different sprites. Yeah. Yeah, they they look layered and they look it, it there's a very distinctive look to it even though like you may have seen games like this Gunstar Heroes really stood out and had a different look to it. And mm -hmm. yeah, I I would I would back you on that, Woody. I think that is the best Sega Genesis game like Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to put my chips on that. Sure. One. Uh, and so, uh, weirdly, Treasure followed up their all-time classic with McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure. I believe that was the deal. <laughs> Sega yeah. was like, we can let you make your own game, but you also have to make this McDonald's game that they've licensed us for. And I think they finished the McDonald's game first. Right. But then they're like, we don't want our first game to be a McDonald's game, so they released Gunstar Heroes. And guess um, what? That McDonald's game slaps. It's, it's great. pretty good. It's yeah. pretty great. It's a low-key, like, grappling hook game where you play as Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of baffling collectibles, which is, uh, I think, also a treasure standby. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're collecting a lot of shit. It's all different. It doesn't seem to be doing anything different, but no. you're, you're collecting it. It's very colorful. Uh, but yeah, that's one of those games kind of like Cool Spot that like really has no business being as good as it is <laughs> since it's based on a commercial. Yeah. Like, yeah. pretty great. And yeah, pretty much... I, 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 oh, yeah, oh, good. Sorry. You you go ahead. I was just going to say I, already, I actually had that game, Cool Spot, on the yeah. Super Nintendo. That's a good game. It, it stands up. <laughs> Uh, I think pretty much 
all of Treasure's games have held on to some sort of cult appeal. Yes. Uh, the order after this would be Dynamite Heady. Great game. Great game. Mm-hmm. Al- yeah. Alien Soldier, Light Crusader, yep. Guardian Heroes. Never played Light Crusader. Uh, Silhouette Mirage, yep. Radiant Silver Gun, Bengayo, Silphied, Stretch Panic, Ikaruga, Wario World, and on and on and on. For mm. my money, I think their best game ever is, uh, well, besides Gunstar Heroes, I think it's Astro Boy Omega Factor for the okay. Game Boy Advance. Yeah which is uh, a game I heartily recommend to everybody, mm-hmm. even if you have no affiliation with Astro Boy like I don't. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about these characters. I don't know the show. You know, you're a real Astro head. I'm a real a- Astro ass head. I'm, I'm a real <laughs> ass head, yeah, yeah as, as it's commonly known. But that game's phenomenal. It's it's a really ex- exceptional shooter. I'm a big, big fan of Radiant Silver Gun. I Radiant think that Silver that Gun. is their best game. That was like... For years and years, that was kind of the most coveted import yes. like, that you could get. I think it was a Saturn, right? Yes. The most. Yeah. I went through a phase where, like, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna buy these expensive games." And I think at the time, I spent 150 dollars on Panzer Dragoon Saga, yeah, and then 150 dollars on Radiant Silver Gun, and I'm like, "These are so expensive," and now they are worth much more than that. Oh, way but, so much more. Than that. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I and mean, you can actually get Radiant Silver Gun on the Xbox Live Arcade yes. now. So yeah, which is, is thankful. Available. That's that's yeah, how it should localized. be. So Treasure is technically still around, but they've been dormant for several years. Uh, mostly, they kind of just seem to be making like HD ports of their franchises. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, all these. Well, I mean, you can't really say franchises because they didn't really ever make sequels to things. There well, was they a- have one. They have. Stu- mm-hmm. They have. Uh, that was their last game. It was uh, their last U.S. release, rather, was Sin and Punishment Star successor. Oh, that's right. We. Uh, that came out in 2009, and that was the sequel to Sin and Punishment on the N64. Which we played for a Patreon we played episode. played for a Patreon It's also very good. Except it's a very good game. Yeah, I really like that game. Yeah, but um, I also remember there was like a, a, a sequel to Gunstar Heroes called yeah. Gunstar Superheroes. I think that was Game Boy Advance. Yeah, you're right, Neil. It, there it was, was. A, but it wasn't them working on it, right? No, it was. They oh, did was both oh. a Guardian Heroes sequel and a Game Boy Advance sequel. Nice. Um, yeah, for uh, Gunstar Heroes. And... And those games, I think, were okay. They didn't quite capture the magic of the original. And I no. I think it was telling that they decided to go back to, like, we're, like, we're going to do sequels to these beloved 2D games on the Game Boy Advance. Because it really just shows that Treasure's strong point has always been 2D games. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that that's, that's why Mischief Makers is in kind of an odd spot. Yeah. Because it is definitely a 2D game. But you can tell that there's some sort of push into a third dimension um at least with the way that the game looks which i don't think does it any favors oh yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's one of my big problems with it but a a little bit about the history of this game in particular so mischief makers is actually one of treasure's most commercially successful games in the u.s like surprisingly it sold 500,000 copies on the n64 which is not terrible um Hmm. given that like i I think that's especially impressive because it's hard to describe this game and yeah. it's hard to sell it based on its cover art. Most games that look like this don't sell very well. well like um, This makes me really think of how arbitrary it is, like what gets ported over to the States and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, because we talked about Wonder Project J2 on our uh, one of our Patreon episodes and Brakuga Kids on one of our Patreon mm-hmm. episodes. Those never got a U.S. release. But this one, which is extremely esoteric and has like some very unusual uh, uh, styles to it and very expressly Japanese in its culture, like mm, got a release yeah. over here, which is, yeah, seems so very arbitrary. But I mean, there's not much translation that would have to happen with this one. I suppose that's Relative true. Yeah. to like a Wonder Project. Yeah. yeah there was a whole lot of dialogue in the game, though, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, not a whole lot that you need to translate too bad. 
But uh, the reason for this game mostly being in 2D is because Treasure actually had no idea what the N64 was capable of <laughs> when they started developing. They started developing this back in 1995 before they'd even seen the dev kit. And they just, uh, they, they liked the idea. All they knew about the N64 is that it would have non-existent load times mm-hmm. and uh, that they could, they could cram a lot more um, fast-paced action into okay. the cartridge. So they started developing a game like that. <laughs> they did a graph, and yeah. they, load times went down, fast-paced action went up. They're like, this is great. This is, this yeah. is, this is the sweet spot right in here. Uh, but yeah, so they started developing that, and uh, they, kind of they were almost making it as a Genesis title. Yeah. And then when they realized that the N64 is going to primarily be a 3D machine, they put in a couple of boss battles that take use of mm. the uh, 3D technology. Um, but yeah, so uh, they would go on to work with Nintendo for a few times. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, but the small development team here had a problem with the N64 steep development curve, and that's something we've heard several times from a lot of different like companies trying to produce for the N64. It was a hard system to, to develop for. Yeah. Um, so this game also this also kind of partially explains why this game doesn't use the analog stick at all ah. uh, because. They didn't know what the controller was going to look like, so they were developing it for a Genesis controller, which is basically a six-button Genesis controller as an N64 without the penis. I imagine it took me a long time when I'm thinking back to my general confusion as a young person. I imagine I rented this game, and it probably took me five minutes. I'm almost like, mm-hmm. this game is broken. Yeah. They rented me a broken game. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And then I'm like, oh, you have to use a control pad. Because yeah. I imagine like... <laughs> I mean, this is one of the few N64 games that the stick does nothing. Not, I don't know yeah. if we've ever played another one that the stick does nothing. There's there's some games that like like the wrestling it. games, like it was a taunt. Uh, yeah, yeah, they decentralized pretty... it. It wasn't like the main point of control, but you could always do something. And it, this and game trigger too. You do nothing. Yeah, that. and I think this game does suffer because of that. The N64 controller is just not very comfortable to hold in that position. It's really not. It feels uh, wrong. It feels too yeah, wide. You know? Yeah, definitely. And, like uh, the you have to use the C buttons a lot and go back to like you have to jump and then sort of dash. Yeah. And you, um, I, you really notice the difference between the C buttons and the A button, like how far apart they are. Yeah. I mean, does it feel to anyone else like that D-pad is just kind of broken when you have to control an entire game? It, not even broken. It's just really unresponsive. I didn't have, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I mean, I've used some pretty busted unresponsive D-pads. It's definitely like feels awkward, but I didn't have a problem with the pad. Yeah. I didn't have much problems either, but I, I just pretty much... So what we're saying, it. Steve, I generally suck. suck. It's yeah. fair. It's, it's been a point. That was Neil's nice way of saying that. That's been brought oh, up... Get good, noob. It's been brought up many times. Yeah. Uh, I do suck. But yeah, sorry, what were you saying, Neil? Oh, he was telling yeah, you to um, get good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, I, I didn't have problems with the D-pad. I just kind of adapt... I just easily adapted to the controls. There's one thing that the game points out, though, about dashing in this game is that you can dash with either the D-pad by pressing either direction on the D-pad real quickly mm-hmm. or simply pressing one of the C buttons. Oh, but see, the, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, but there's a difference in that the C buttons don't go quite as far or fast as when you do it on the D-pad. 
Yeah. It's... So using the D-pad gives you a bit more advantage because there's going to be some areas where you actually need to go that bit faster. There's a crazy section near the middle of this game where it essentially becomes a track and field knockoff. Mm. And you have to run like... There's, you run the 100-meter dash and the 200-meter dash and then the 400-meter dash. And I'll tell you, man, my thumb was pretty sore from jamming, jamming <laughs> right a bunch of times. I could see it. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that, too. <laughs> well, I have the plot of this game uh, to the point that it makes sense. Yeah. I, I copied it from the manual again because I do enjoy a good, poorly translated manual. Who doesn't? So uh, <laughs> bear with me as I try and read this out. It's, it's kind of uh, written out as a script. So oh, do, great. Uh, a couple parts here. Oh, do you want me to do you want me to read a part? Uh, well, it? it's hard to but the way I've got it written out, okay. it's hard to tell which part. All right. Which, so I'll 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 do voices. Yeah, do, uh, yeah, do voices, Daddy. Do voices. <laughs> Marina and Prof Theo have finally arrived on planet Clancer. The pla- the planet has been sending an SOS signal, so it might not be too safe to be here. <laughs> Therefore, Marina has decided to go out and scout out the planet and get more familiar with the area. I'm bored. The <laughs> prof who was left in the spaceship is very bored. He was trying to find something to kill the time when suddenly, ding dong, doorbell rings, parentheses, <laughs> uh, something enters the professor's room. The prof thought these strange creatures were welcoming wagon. What the <laughs> What the heck? A large group of clancers suddenly rushed into the room and started going totally wild. <laughs> the prof was quite confused, and the next thing he knew, he'd been kidnapped. Oh, wow. Marina, who's who's been out scouting, hears a familiar voice. Marina, help me! Prof! I decided on these voices. Okay, yeah. Mix things up. Marina hurried to where the voice was coming from and got there in time to see the prof being kidnapped by a group of clancers. Who are these creatures? Why would they want to kidnap the prof? And so Marina's adventure begins. So that doesn't really tell us a whole lot about what the game's actually about. Um, The character descriptions in the manual kind of carry a lot of the weight. So Marina, or as she's identified in the manual, Ultra Intergalactic Cybot G Marina Light Years, (laughs) is the uh, robotic, she's a robotic assistant to Professor Light Years, or to Professor Theo, and she can become a powerful heroine. That's, what, that's their phrase. Uh-huh. Uh, Prof Theo's description is actually kind of meta. He says, while he can't seem to convince anyone else of it, he claims to be the main character in this game. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the Clancers themselves, it turns out, are not actually bad guys. They've just been brainwashed by like this mm. evil emperor thing. There's good Clancers and bad Clancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There's benign Clancers. And, Clancers. <laughs> and there's ones you got to get checked out. By yeah, your, you got to, you got to, you know, you can't be too careful. Um, I let's let's talk about the way this game. This game really reminds me of. Uh, like the 3D Mega Man games, like the Misadventures of Tronbon or something like that. Like, I feel like the Clancers really look like those little serve bots. A little um, bit, but like... Neil, Neil as a Tronbon aficionado, disagrees. <laughs> and not really. The, the, I mean, the, the serve bots look more like little, those uh, Lego mini yeah. figures. But yeah, I... The, I'm not really getting that from the what about What about like I Shy Guys? Be... Do they look like Nintendo Shy Guys? Closer, closer. Sort I of. think... I think these are supposed to be based on sort of like these uh, ancient statues that are found buried in Japan. Okay. I forget what they're called, but they're believed to be possibly like markers for ancient burial sites or something. There, there's a – the similar design was used for if you saw Princess Mononoke, the little forest spirits. Okay. That, so they, mm. their mouths are always yeah. kind of look like they're screaming and have this hollow. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it kind of looks oh, like I, a shy guy in a rictus of pain. Sure. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I got a better comparison. The gyroids you find in Animal yeah, Crossing. Yeah, yeah, there you that's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better comparison. very weirdly phallic little uh, fire hydrants. Yeah, in Animal I think Crossing. generally, like, I appreciate. I, I like that this game is colorful, but I don't think I like the aesthetic of this game very much. I like, agree. Yeah, I, 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 I would put it the same exact way. I love the colors. I love the vibrancy of it, but I don't like the way it looks. No, like the, most of the terrain is sort of just these face, the blocks that are made up of these faces. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind, it's kind of off put. Like I guess what I would say is this never feels like really a world that anyone lives in. It feels like very clearly like just a place you that's designed for your platforming. Insanely, yeah. Nicole was saying the same thing. She was downstairs working out while I was playing Mischief Makers because that's our dynamic. <laughs> and uh, she's she, she was asking about the story and everything, and I explained it was a planet. She says, this nothing looks organic here. Yeah, nothing looks like it, it grew here or... or it it, it here looks naturally. like a kid was playing with blocks and sort of set these up. And yeah. That that's the sort of general feeling that I get from this game is like I like the way this game plays um, pretty well, but there's no real sense of cohesion. And yeah. I think that part of that is it seems like they brought in um, John Patterson to write all of the chapters mm. because they are super short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you mean James? Patterson? James Patterson. James I'm sorry. Patterson. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I, I like, failed wait, my literary wait. joke. I was digging um, deep for yeah, my references. I'm you. like, wait, oh, okay. John, yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate you playing along until you fix it. Yeah. Damn it, J- James. No, James Patterson. Um, because yeah, these these chapters and levels are so short. Yeah. Most of them are like you can beat a lot of them in under a minute. Yeah, I did a few. And yeah. then it immediately you go back to this overworld and you go right to the next one and I keep going back and forth on whether i like this setup yeah like it i think that it works well because it essentially allows them to just put um one exciting part to the next Mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of filler between these spots but it sort of gets rid of the feeling of playing any sort of cohesive level or being in like an ongoing story yeah yeah i agree with you on that i I have well, I agree with that. I kind of like the setup because each uh, level is like a little uh, bite-sized challenge yeah, sure. with its own unique gimmick and theme. And theme. Yeah, no, it, it's true. It's like in Super Mario World, there would be like, okay, this is the level with the saws on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And then they would introduce that and go back later. And this will have like, or like this is the level where the guys jump out of the lava and try to get you. And they'd have a whole level built around this. Yeah. This is essentially like they've thought of a gimmick they put it in once, mm. and that's the whole level. Like they didn't, they haven't like in Mischief Makers, they haven't like built a full level about it. They're just like, what if a bunch of guys were swinging and you had to grab onto them? Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we'll do that twice, and that's a level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes it, like you'll get like you randomly get a gun in one level and like start mm-hmm. shooting eggs at everything, and like, and that comes back a little later. Like, yeah, let's. So you start at the beginning. the 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 way this game is structured is. The professor is just constantly getting kidnapped. Sure. He's, he's you know, the Princess Peach of this game. And I like the gender inversion Yeah, there. me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, and so basically between each level, he'll get kidnapped by some other villain, and then you as Maria have to go after him, Marina. Marina, yeah. Um, and the first level is just like, oh, I really don't like the first world. No. Because it's definitely designed to sort of train you on the way the game works. But this game is not that complicated. And to go through, like seven levels of people like teaching you how to grab things it's just, it's just sort of devoid of challenge well see i'm gonna push back on that because like i agree that the 
the idea here is simple, but I think the execution is needlessly complicated. Oh, like, interesting. I, I had a lot. I was struggling with the controls the entire time. I guess we should back up and just say, like, the, the, the main... Like the thrust of this game revolves around three different things. It's thrusters, thrusters. Uh, it's it's like grabbing, shaking, and throwing. Yeah. So that's kind of your whole mechanic. Shake, shaking. Shake, shake. Yeah. She says shake, shake, shake every time you uh, press it down. It's, it's, twice. it's very annoying when you're trying to just like dodge something or activate something, and you press down. Shake, shake. Yeah. Shake, like who? Who? It's it's annoying. It, it gets, it's weird it, that that was the only piece of dialogue they decided to record for her. Well, there were one or two lines, but yeah, shake, shake is going to be the one you hear. A lot but like so you you press the b button to grab something you use the directional pads on the d-pad to shake it in various directions and then you press b again to throw it yeah um and a lot of the time you're grabbing onto these little floating uh hook points called clan balls uh-huh. uh great name <laughs> i i don't really like the whole conceit of them it's kind of smurf logic of like applying like part of their name to everything so clan yeah breaks, and when clan, clan balls, is that it's not it's not not quite the name you not want. as fun not uh-huh. as fun but yeah so that's kind of the general mechanic and uh i guess a lot of the fun of like for people who like to really dig in and find all the little secrets is kind of trying to shake everything, which is uh, not something that's you recommend fun, in real no, life. No, that's how I live my life. <laughs> Just grab it and shake it. Yeah, that's why nobody well, will let I'm me hold their baby that. anymore. Uh, go go ahead, Neil. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate. No, you're, an, you're angel's advocate the... in this one. Where... Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that the gameplay here was a bit in a bit more innovative. I mean, it was kind of repeated in the game of WarioWare Shake mm. It years later. Beloved innovative and, game WarioWare Shake It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is a game I do have fun with, but uh, but like but it was I thought but I kind of enjoyed the gameplay here. I mean, it was I mean, once you get your head around it, there's a lot of what you can do with the mechanics. Yeah. Well, I like for example, you can pretty much grab just about anybody or anything including the uh friendly <laughs> yeah this really made me laugh like the third or fourth level of the first world sort of this word there's a little cutscene where this worm comes out of the ground and is attacking this uh, little girl clancer mm. and she says oh no help me marina and so I, I i confront the worm i say are you picking on this little girl i challenge you and then i proceed to throw the little girl at the worm yeah. and, and use her as a <laughs> weapon to beat the worm you totally but, can. yeah the clancers are just kind of the good ones will just you'll toss them around and they'll get right back up and run back to where they were see i had a problem telling the difference between the good ones and the bad ones too so that's a good thing there's not really too much of a of a penalty for throwing in one of the good ones but i found that yeah Yeah, this game uh, yeah go ahead yeah i just the 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 grabbing and shaking mechanic for me never felt natural and mm-hmm. the controls never felt properly responsive i found jumping between ball to ball was like infuriating huh. i kept just like i don't know maybe it, maybe i'm just like really i honestly bad don't it. know why you had so much trouble like with the core aspect like my I think I, I, more I found complaints is i found a lot of sections of this game to be boring yeah like there's the, again what i associate with treasure games is like crap coming at you from all angles and yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like i'm oh, my senses are overloaded yeah. and when you think about like the treasure games for genesis they're like wow this is really ambitious or like sin and punishment yeah. you, on the N64 you're like wow this is really doing a lot with the hardware yeah. whereas this game again feels like you could sort of tone down the 3D graphical elements and it could be a Genesis game yeah yeah um, and there's just not enough enemies in a lot of the sections I think 
this is a game that reminds me a lot of Bomberman 64, mm. where like it's a game that really kind of encourages you to experiment and play around and keep going to the same levels. The fuck is this all this and I think Neil. I think you're, when yeah. I remember when we talked with you on Pilot Wings, you're a little more of a secret getter than Steve and I. Steve and I just want to get start to finish. You like yeah. to really explore in there. Can you tell us, tell us about like yeah, the structure I, of secrets yeah, in this I, game and like what the collectibles are? Uh, well, thankfully, it's true that I'm a bit of a collector and explorer. I like to find the secrets in a game and explore and experiment and stuff. As for collectibles, there's only really just one the mm-hmm. hidden golden gems and there's only one in each yeah and level. i feel like that's including including the boss battles but to get most those and most of them you just have to like avoid yeah, in the boss damage. battles and the ones in the main levels are kind of hidden by a variety of different things there's a lot of sections where like the level will kind of continue beyond where the exit star is. Yeah. And you could keep going and find some secret to unlock the gold gem. And I feel like that's really where people who like this game are going to appreciate that. And that is why I think the short levels do work well for this game is because these golden gems can be pretty hidden. So the fact that the level is only a couple minutes long makes it sort of more replayable. Um, Neil, what, what, what do these golden gems matter? Like they said after the first world, they're like, make sure you collect the golden gems. They'll matter at the end of the game. Uh, That's because the golden gems help unlock the final ending cinematic at the end of the game. And depending on how many you've collect, more of the cinematic you'll see more okay of the so cinematic. it's kind of like a metroid system of like samus gets naked or depending on how, how quick sure. you beat her <laughs> justin <something>. bailey <laughs> yeah I, I might and i did yeah <laughs> yeah i i so like i'm i'm fine with the hunting out the secrets and this is like a pretty short game from everything i could read yeah, like it there's was about, six there's six worlds yeah. each one might take you an hour if you're going slow yeah yeah i read that was kind of one of the chief complaints from people was that you could probably beat this game in about three hours okay so that was one of the big complaints about it at the time uh i just i just think the central gameplay feels so unresponsive and i don't know like did the maybe there's just something wrong with my cartridge because like my were the dashes like really short for you guys? the dashes like, suck like really the, short okay. you can do them in the air they're eat there's i think there's yeah, they're supposed yeah, to they're be about short, kind of I chaining believe. them together, um, doing a bunch of times. You can also press down and A and do kind of a longer dash that you can jump from. Yeah, um, which is kind of more reminiscent of the Mega Man X dash. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the core dash is really short and it's kind of built upon you really just jamming those C buttons or the uh, control pad. Yeah, um, I I just found like she was Marina is very. Uh, selective apparently about which ball she'll grab onto in midair like i, I <laughs> hey, spent, most women are <laughs> i spent a lot of time in lava and like uh i i just i kept getting so frustrated like this game was actually giving me a headache after a little bit wow like, the the candy colored uh nonsense and all the cutesy noises and like the frustrating gameplay i was just getting so infuriated at this very benign looking like children's game i and i'm just like getting really frustrated I, i'm really yeah. 
No, yeah, I didn't have any of that trouble. Either. Yeah, Vince, I, I, Neil I just rubbing no it in on you. That's Steve. okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am. I am surprised though. This is one of the rare games that we did not play together due to scheduling constraints. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I got farther in this game. I I had very vivid memories of this game and the creepy ball block faces from having rented it many years ago. And I think I own it, but I realize now that I've never gotten very far. And yeah. I got to like the fourth level, and I'm like fourth world i'm like i don't remember this at all yeah yeah you sort of introduce these uh three sort of main villains that are different forms of animals with different sort of weaponry on them so a major boss you fight is like you're riding on this sort of robot cat and then this boss is shooting missiles at you that you shake to in in, engorge them with uh gunpowder and then shoot them back at him um, which, which was neat, and that was where I really did start to appreciate the gameplay variety. Um, I, I would say, like, I just kept going back and forth. There were, like, half of the levels where I'm like, this is really great. Yeah. I'm having fun, and it's really cool to play this kind of platformer on the N64. And then there were half of the levels, like, there's a shitty level in a cave where you have to chase down seven kids that turn into three different bosses oh. that you have to fight over and over. And it, I'm just like, man, this is just feels so... Again, if if I say like the way these levels are structured to be so short, it would really cut out the filler. But then there was times where I feel like this level is just all filler. <laughs> there were, I mean, since you brought it up, there were multiple levels where you have to they revolve around chasing down and catching something, yeah, and then returning it to a goal. And I hate those missions in general. Yes. Uh, and here they felt really, really aggravating because Marina doesn't dash very fast. You can kind of just go your walking speed on her weird little centaur I, legs. Yeah, like, I will say that in general. Like, I didn't have the trouble with the controls and the dashing that you did, but I yeah. don't think that Marina is like a super fun character to play as. No. Um, I wish she was sort of a little more acrobatic um, or maybe like, I guess I just like double jumps or something i really do um, yeah, yeah yeah i think a game like this kind of calls for a double jump to really kind She's of make just not it work. quite distinct enough in her aesthetic and I, you know what i just want to say i feel like steve and i've been dumping on this game a lot but i actually do like this game yeah. um and it, it, it is very welcome i feel like if it wasn't made by treasure i might come down more positive on it mm. because i treasure is really so much of my aesthetic of like you just got crazy junk happening all the time yeah and the fact that a lot of this game feels pretty slow paced yeah um was not something i cared for but. yeah i i agree with that i mean i know they're going for a different thing i feel like this is meant to be more of like a puzzle platformer than yes. like a run and gun kind of shooter thing so they, they've got a different aesthetic and i can appreciate that they tried it and that uh they came up with something unique and innovative like i haven't seen this exact kind of gameplay in anything before uh or since because it's just not very good <laughs> i don't know i think maybe i'm just crazy it's just like i, I don't know i think the the shaking mechanic wears thin very quickly it does that thing like, yeah, again, with treasure games, like you're collecting gems, collecting tons and tons of gems, and they seem to be both your life and your currency and yeah. your score I think the modifiers. Red, the red, go ahead, Neil. Uh, that, that, hmm. Yeah, it's like the red ones are like a currency you can use to like either buy hints for a level or you can use them to like if you're to continue if your health drops to zero. And how, depending on how many you spend will depend on We'll decide how many. Yeah, that was a weird you get mechanic because I, whenever I restart, I want to restart with full health. Anytime you have to restart with minimal health is some bullshit. Yeah. Speaking of bullshit, 
any you, game should not make you pay for hints. Yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. just a that's a bad aesthetic. Ms. Too. Hint is that her yeah. name? Yeah. There, there's a there's a pink ball in here. Also, every I mean, she doesn't anthropomorphic. Co- yeah, she doesn't cost. It doesn't cost very much. It costs hint, ten but jewels, still, but still, still annoying. And, and it's usually just telling you something you're gonna figure out. I don't know. Like, I think she gives some pretty like I feel like some of her information about fighting the yeah. bosses was pretty clutch. Like okay. basically, if you didn't pay for her, you would be stuck on the bosses yeah. and. That was actually another issue I had. Definitely. Is I don't feel like the bosses responded very clearly to me damaging them. No. Um, I fought this stupid bee in the yeah. lava level so many times because I kept trying to drop him in the lava because that seemed to be the only way he would take damage. But that resulted in me taking damage. Yeah. Um, and so it turned out I could just smash him against the ground and hurt him. But, like, the game didn't make that clear. It doesn't register how much pain he's in. And the boss before that was that worm you were talking about mm-hmm. that you threw the child at. And, like... <laughs> Again, it, it feels like it's taking so long, so many tries of grabbing and slamming and grabbing and slamming and grabbing and slamming this worm, and uh, it just it 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 I don't know a life bar would be welcome, some kind of indication that you're on the right track, like because there are other things like mm. am I supposed to be slamming it into the wall, into the floor? Do I throw these flowers at it? Like what's going on? It, the, I will say like the the first, one yeah. of the early <laughs> the boss fight of I believe the second world you fight like this bit you fight these this flying magician crocodile and this big lava sort of monster and it's really cool because the guy tries to hit you with these giant punches and you have to catch his fists yeah. and throw them um, at his face or to take out the flying magician father and it kind of feels like punch out because you have to time um time your responses and attacks yeah. and like that was an example of like wow this game is yeah. really clicking and really working well and like if the whole game was sort of running at this yeah. pitch i would be all in on it yeah. but then you sort of go back and the person's like i lost my kids again go rescue my kids <laughs> and i'm my like oh. kids. yeah i i feel like the things that would fix this game for me and like i would be a thousand percent on board if they could make or maybe some kind of remaster with these elements in place all right one, I think a double jump. I think we definitely okay. need a double jump in this game. Two, we need more responsive dashing. Mm-hmm. And three, I want stretchy arms. I want okay. arms that extend beyond you want your a normal restart. human reach. I do, I do. I want restart, exactly. Yeah. I want that game. That game's cool. It is, and it, but I mean, I think that would help minimize yeah. so much of the frustration with uh, grabbing and like trying to catch on to these little hook points because so often they'll just like be right out of reach you know and when you're jumping off of the clam ball you're only going diagonal yeah. you can go up down yeah. left right but you sort only of at a boost di- yourself off of yeah, at an, yeah at an angle every time so you're yeah. you have to do some calculations in your head to figure out how to get there and uh i just i found it tedious i found it really too much work for for the small amount of payoff I was getting. Okay, man, you you came down hard came on this. Down hard I was like, I, I was pretty mixed, and I was like, as I kept playing, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm liking this more. I'm gonna keep playing. I'm gonna go home and keep playing it. I'm more than halfway through. I'm planning to beat it. Wait a minute, but, I need some sunglasses because I am now the bad boy. Of this yeah, podcast. bad boy of podcasting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I don't give two f's what you think about yeah. mischief makers. <laughs> what? You are the original mischief maker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah try and stop me. <laughs> you. And me, I completely enjoy the and game. And you are certainly not alone, Neil. It. This, I think, is definitely a, a beloved game. Yeah, like in I the said, one, one of our more requested episodes because uh, people who love the N64 are very fond about this one because this is one of those titles that, like, you really only know if you're, like, a super N64 fan. It, it and, feels like, it, like is... 
It feels like when you get this game that you've sort of discovered something that no one else knows about, even yeah. though, like you said, it sold decently well. Yeah. Because um, it's just not one that a lot of people talked about, and it feels very out of place on the Nintendo 64. It does, yeah. And I, yeah. I think it just didn't grab me the same way. Like, like <laughs> it, didn't it, didn't, it didn't grab me and yeah. shake me the way it should. You know, like we talked recently about Rocket Robot on Wheels, yeah. which I feel is like worthy of this kind of like cult level of, mm-hmm. of appreciation and it doesn't really have it and this game just i don't know it, it doesn't feel like it's unique enough or interesting yeah. enough or th- there's just something missing there's some kind of like instinctive playability that's missing i here. i feel like if this was a game if you had an n64 collection this game really stands out because yeah. it's totally different from all your other games on n64 but if you just have a general like I have games from, you know, most video game systems. Sure. And so, like, if I'm playing my Sega Genesis and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play some N64 now, like, this is not a game that I reach for because it kind of is not as good as some Sega Genesis games. Sure. It doesn't quite do something unique to the system. Yeah. I think this is one that should be bundled on an N64 Mini if they ever do one, because I think it's... That would be a deep cut. I think it's unique enough, it's strange enough, and it's kind of one of those... You know, you need to have a few of those titles that people are like, what the fuck is this? And then, you know... Uh, so like I, I think it could be worthy of like a second life. There was no sequel to this game. There was no follow up or remaster Mis- of any kind. More, m- more mischief makers. More mischief, mis- mischievouser makers <laughs> making more mischief. Uh, but like Games Radar, they did an article calling this the most underrated Nintendo sixty four game. I've seen it pop up on a lot of other like well, best of as lists. people dedicated the art of science. We can tell you that it's not. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a scientific algorithm that I wouldn't know anything about because I'm a bad boy. That's right. I smoke cigarettes. I'm on a motorcycle right now. I just stomp on Erlenmeyer flasks. Ooh, suck it, nerd. Erlenmeyer flats. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I'm going to go spray paint a swear. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Neil, you 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 get the final word here, Neil. Tell us why this game is great. Uh, It's... I think if you just get really good at it, it becomes like an absolute favorite. It's got really good gameplay. I love the sheer amount of variety in the levels. I think the boss battles are actually awesome. Yes, that is a good observation. Treasure well known for its love of boss battles. Yeah, definitely. And in the end, it's much more colorful and has way more personality than yeah. many games yeah. you might have Which, seen on this show. Very impressive if you've seen games on this podcast. It's true. It's true. <laughs> usually an audio medium. Usually. But, but, you know, sometimes I'm on my OnlyFans. Ultra64.com slash OnlyFans. Very nice. I just pose with cartridges on my ding dong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You all have that, the, the longer uh, prong, yeah. the middle prong of the N64. Exactly. The Except I, 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 cut it, I cut it down to be realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes. Uh, Let's move on to our rankings here before I talk about my dick anymore. (laughs) Um, So each week we are ranking the games that we have just played and adding them to our ongoing list of Nintendo 64 games. We currently have 256 movies on this list. So many games. getting right down to the nitty gritty of it all. Um, What do you want to start us off? Where where are you going on this one? I have no concept of where you're putting this (laughs) one. I feel like that was really hard, and I'm still going to come higher on it than you do. Oh, yeah, I know. After all this dumping on this game, I like this game. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I I, I honestly feel like I'm the target audience for this kind of game, (laughs) and I don't feel like it's quite as good as people make it out to be, but I'm excited to go play more of it, and I do feel like it gets better as it goes on. I would say... 
yeah, again, I feel like half the sections are great, half the sections are like, ugh. Um, I'm putting it number 44, um, which is right behind Gauntlet Legends, um, which is which are games that I like. And so it's in the games that I like um, category of N64. I, I think we may now have the biggest yeah. gulf between two of our picks here for the this same game. This is going to be Gulf War 2. Uh, I I did not like this game. I, I, I have gotten that vibe. And I feel like I, I feel like I am the target audience for this. <laughs> I like weird, innovative platformer stuff, uh, but this one just didn't do it for me. Uh, I just felt too unresponsive. I never really felt like I was in control of anything happening. Uh, this one is going down under a, a game I had similar feelings about. Uh, this is going to be number 164, and that's right above Glover. Ooh, uh, so ooh, it's it's in the it's in the Glover zone. Uh, the Glover it's, zone. It's in the Glover zone. It's, it's, uh, another game where I can look at it and say, ouch. I appreciate what you're doing here. That's, it's just not for me. That's what uh, that's what you go out with a woman twice. She says, I appreciate what you're doing, and you're just not for me. You're going in the Glover zone. Oh no, <laughs> not the Glover zone. That's okay. I can be gloves with women. It's totally fine. Um, Neil, how about you? We have a couple. You have a very diverse list here, Yeah, let me see. What is on your list here? I'm bringing it up. Vamping, vamping, vamping. (laughs) Blah. Blah, blah. Uh, Currently, your top um, game is Donkey Kong 64. Mm. And then we have Snowboard Kids 2, Pilot Wings 64, Snowboard Kids 1, and then Arrow Fighters Assault down there at the bottom. Oh, yeah. The the game Neil got stuck playing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, by the way. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. So, where is this one going for you? Yeah. Well, on my own personal list I have here on my phone, I'm going to put this, uh, I believe, around, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I think I'm going to make this my uh, okay. number eight on my list, just below Banjo Kazooie. Okay, so you're going, you're, you have your own Tetris personal sphere. list of all the oh, okay. 64 <laughs> games. I think, okay. Yeah, it's it's all games I have personally played. Cross section. Okay, more more, gra- more graphs coming show. up. I like I'm picturing it. Neil with the with the bulletin board and the tax. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is this is a favorite of yours. Um, yeah, I like. What was you said right behind Banjo Kazooie? Nice. Oh, that's sure. Both that's both classics. And above Tetrisphere. Tetrisphere, another one that uh, yeah. I got I got pushback on. on. Yeah. The, the few times I don't mean to be cantankerous neil about your about your yeah. picks i'm not trying to be intentionally it's important to be cantankerous sometimes you, conflict is the heart of good podcasting i speaking I'm, of uh, which i'm sleeping with your wife oh okay <laughs> well, who isn't no <laughs> uh yes yeah, so uh i think that's all we got this week i have no letters or anything so uh oh, we're it kind of short and simple oh, yeah, yeah please, please. Huh. i've got one thing to add here it's something I've had. I feel like I should conclude that I started back in the Snowboard Kids episode. Back then, I started to tell, bring up a story about something that happened between me and Rosie years ago about regarding the Nintendo sixty four, and I think it's about yeah. So, but the thing is, Rosie actually pretty much told oh, no. herself on the Banjo Tooie episode, in which. She uh, traded a, a. She mentioned she traded a copy of uh, Golden yeah. Eye for 1080 snowboarding. The thing is, that copy was mine. Oh <laughs> no! She took your Golden Eye. That's what. That's what little sisters are for, man. That's what little sisters yeah, are she, all about. The thing is, I thought I was done with that game at the time, but 
looking back, I think I realized that it, that game would have been worth serious money now. Uh, it's not. It's not too expensive. It's certainly worth more than uh, 1080, but it's, 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 well, it's worth less than $1,080. It's like a $20, $25 yeah. game. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on the cheap end. Yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah, she traded it with a neighbor kid, and I don't know if they still have it or if they got rid of it. You gotta go knock on that door and be like, give me back my James Bond. (laughs) Um, All right. I I think I was okay with it only because I thought it was temporary. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, well, I've gotten sucked into many things that I only thought were temporary. Oh, Um, So, um, I have... I, I have something to plug, Steve. Oh, you do? Excellent. It's called, hey, listeners, I know we don't have all the listeners in the world, but fill out your, if you're in the U.S., fill out your census. Yeah. Um, tell your friends to fill out your census, because I am working for the census to go find people that don't respond, and there's a lot of people who don't respond, and mm. it's way more work for us to come try and find you than it is for you to take five minutes to fill it out online. And it's coronavirus so, time, so yeah. if you can do it If yourself. you value my safety, <laughs> please submit your census online online and the census is very important i mean i know it seems like it's kind of a chore but this is kind of helping tell our government where our money is going and what what areas need and it was it was deliberately they cut off a month off the end of the census in a deliberate effort to undercount um historically undercounted populations so yes you know, get really get it in there and let people know if you have any access to I'm, other people. Again, with the hot takes today, but I'm starting to think the president of this country isn't a great guy. I'm starting to think he might be kind oh, of no. a mean fella. We better end this podcast before oh, we get more one-star reviews. Get more letters. Oh. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening as we made some mischief. Thank you for being on the show, Neil. Yes, thank uh, you so much. Welcome. I'm glad to be on here. Yeah, I'm glad you bought some positivity so we're just dumping on a game that a bunch of people like. Yeah. Um, Trust me, you would have gotten way more angry letters if you didn't have me on here to <laughs> shed some positive light on That's true. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, be sure to check out my other podcast. It's called Roger's List. We got two episodes out right now. When we're recording this, there's probably like three or four out when you're hearing this because we're it's way ahead. It's about movies. It's about Ooh. movies. We're watching every movie on Roger Ebert's list of great movies and it's been really fun so far. And what are we playing next week, Steve? Well, next week we are going back to the cart racing well and we are playing the rest of the cart racers. Okay. There's three others that we haven't touched yet. So you know your Diddy Kongs. You know your Mario Karts. Do you know Lego Racers, Mickey Speedway USA or South Park Rally? Ooh, well I get mean. ready because you're gonna. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so All it's right. gonna be fun. And uh, second time revisiting South Park should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> there's three South Park games for the N64. That all like, necessitate wow. separate episodes because yeah. they're all in different weird genres. It's so weird. Yeah. It's weird the way it shook out. So you're gonna hear yeah. a lot about South Park. Uh, but okay, that's that's all I got. It's really the end of the show. Go ahead and grab the laptop and shake it until right. it turns off. No more yeah. computers. No more laptop. That's a Neil Breen reference. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>